Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Leadership Series, where we talk to thought leaders from all over the world to find out more about how they are supporting the innovation ecosystem. Today, we have an audio version of a panel at our GCV Digital Forum 3.0. And this time, it is John Park, a partner at Morgan Lewis, who moderates a discussion between Paul Asel, a managing partner at NGP Capital, and Jeremiah Gordon, Chief Compliance Officer and General Counsel at Capital G. And they're going to discuss scaling up how VC is helping startups succeed. Good afternoon. I'm John Park, a partner with Morgan Lewis and Bacchus in Palo Alto. Welcome to the 1235 panel, Scaling Up, How Venture Capital is Helping Startups Succeed, featuring Capital G and NGP Capital. On the panel today, we're very fortunate to have Jeremiah Gordon and Paul Assel. I'll give a brief introduction to our two esteemed panelists, and then we'll have a, a panel discussion. Jeremiah Gordon is the General Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at Capital G, Alphabet's Growth Equity Fund. He was previously a Senior Counsel for Mergers and Acquisitions and Investments at Google. Jeremiah has his JD from Harvard Law School and his Bachelor of Arts degree from Princeton University. He is joined by Paul Assel, who is a managing partner with NGP Capital. Paul currently serves on the boards of Fetcher, Gigawalk, and WorkFusion. Paul was a founder and actually co-founder of NGP Capital, which is the former Nokia Growth Partners, where he has been for over 16 years. He is also an executive advisor to GCV. Prior to Nokia, Paul was a principal at the International Finance Corporation. He has his MBA from Stanford and his undergraduate BA from Dartmouth College. So I'll kick it off by having um, Jeremiah and Paul join us. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Or good afternoon, I should say. Good afternoon, John. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Great. Thanks for hosting us. Great. And Paul, I'm glad to see that you also are an advisor to GCV. So glad to have someone with the organization on a panel as well. So I'm going to start the topic with the general context for our panel. It is about how venture capital supports startups. But I think for our panel and for the conference, we're sort of taking the, the concept of a VC and expanding it into the corporate context, of course. And the way VCs and corporates work together with startups, um, in many ways, is the same. But we wanted to talk about how corporate venture capital, in some ways, can add other aspects to that relationship than your typical financial investor would, depending on the type of corporate venture capital firm we're speaking of. And so one of the topics for, for the first question I had was, portfolio companies often struggle in fully realizing that value that we often see when, when you have a corporate investor join the mix of investors on the board or on the shareholder list. Um, what, in your experience, are the factors that influence how the investment involves post-closing? And, and what tends to work and not work in your experience in terms of maximizing that, that value for both parties, the corporate investor and as well as the startup? Jeremiah, do you want to start? Yeah, I'm happy to start. I think from my perspective, our mandate and our goal at Capital G is to bring the best of Alphabet to growth stage startups. And so we have developed an investment approach as well as growth and operations support around doing just that. And so we have an onboarding process when we close an investment. We have an entire team that handles sort of the growth of it. And our objectives once we've made those investments are a couple of things. One is we want to bring the best of Alphabet to these companies. 
And it's always sort of up to the company. We, we don't, nothing is prescribed, nothing is required. They were run very independent. And so we endeavor to bring the best of Alphabet to our companies. And that can be consulting, that can be helping them with customer inbounds. And that can just be advice. So whatever it is that they need on the spectrum, we try to have clear conversations with them, with them excuse me, so that they can under, so they can, we can know their needs and, and try to address those needs. And Paul, your thoughts? From an, from an NGP capital perspective, I'll just speak broadly about a corporate venture generally uh, and the role that we can play is that generally speaking, I think uh, having a firm come in that is a leader within the industry as a market signal that lends credibility to the organization. We are thematic investors uh, within within the domains that are are relevant to us. So we we bring insight and expertise in those sectors, and we're we're typically uh, you know much more focused on those sectors and, and knowledgeable about them than other investors. And then and then the the third is the ability to uh, through our network to uh, uh, help with uh, corporate business development and bringing in partnerships. We often help place uh, uh, executives at the firms uh, that we're with through through our network. I think those are, are all things that a financial investor can do. I think the difference is that uh, a corporate investor, if they're investing within the space that is in their, their area of expertise uh, has the additional network and leverage to be able to do that specific to that company. Right. And as a result, I, I guess, so I, one of the factors I'm hearing is that if there's a good overlap in terms of the value proposition, the startup and the fit with the actual space that the investor is from, then that can validate the business model or technology because it makes sense that if a company like Google or Nokia is investing, then that means there's something there. Do, do you find that um, the person that leads the investment developing sort of a, a good relationship with the CEO is important? And how, how do you guys try to keep that communications flow going even after the deal closes? I, I can start off. We, we uh, invest first in the management team and then second in the space. And so the relationship is extremely important. Uh, we we are uh, you know typically uh, playing some role on on the boards and the investments that we make, and so the the relationship you know we we see the relationship as being one that deepens over time, and you know we're we're typically in touch with the CEOs on a a weekly or biweekly basis. And I would echo what Paul said. We view this as a very relationship driven business and a very relationship driven relationship that we have with any company we would invest in. And so we're trying to develop relationships with the management team that are that will last from the time we invest and last going forward. And that is a critical component to both company selection on the investment side, but also to providing support for those companies after we made an investment. It, it, how, how often do you find that there's a, a point person that leads the investment and then there may be sort of a handoff to uh, a business unit or maybe not a business unit, but some, someone within the larger corporate umbrella that can help um, with introductions and other industry relationships. Does, uh, does that tend to, you know, do you, how, how well organized is that? Is it more like you have an advisor that's appointed or do you actually assign like a team of six people that are like the team for this company? So I could just speak for how it works at Capital G. So we have a team of, 40 professionals that work at our fund. And 
all of our companies, we've got folks that do full-time investing and folks that do full-time growth and growth support. All of our companies come to people at Capital G as the entree into Google. That's what we tell them we will do, and that's what we do. And so after we close an investment, you'll have the investor who will take, as Paul had mentioned, some role on the board. And then you'll have someone on the growth team who is their person who they talk to. And so if they want to talk to you know, this unit of Google or that unit of Google, it's coordinated by Capital G because that's the level of support we think that is necessary. So these folks can really sort of um, benefit from our, from our help. Got it. So I guess and, and, and works, works very similarly with, with us as well. We, we have an investment team and we have uh, a corporate business development team that's within our team. So wh- whether that's uh, developing a relationship with one of our limited partners or, or some other group in the industry, we, we do have people who are spending full time uh, just building those relationships and thinking about how we leverage those within our portfolio. Got it. So part of the, the real added value is that you understand the internal organization, the politics, and, and you can actually kind of think in a real nuanced way about you know, how do we take this startup and create a roadmap of the relationship. And so like the, maybe we'll start with this group and that will be the initial evaluation. And then, then you'll kind of think, okay, well, once we have that meeting, that will lead to this meeting. But you can be very strategic in advising the startup about how to work with with a larger corporate organization. Whereas that, if they were just cold calling someone, you know, by looking on the website, that would not be very efficient, right? This is a very efficient model. It sounds like. Like I said when I started, we endeavored to help our folks within Google and externally, and so we obviously have real knowledge and expertise in how to get things done at Google. We also I think we have knowledge and expertise in other fields, and so we try to bring that to bear on the companies in which we invest. The, the, the company, of course, will have a, a capability of going to market in a way that's very specific to that business. And, and we, we don't look to get in the way of that. We, we look to complement and augment that. I think the, what, what might be different from uh, the approach that uh, a Google or a capital G or we would take is that we, we tend to have relationships that can span uh, a whole sector and a, a variety of portfolio companies. So example, within our smart mobility area, we have 20 investments. Well, we, we can go to a potential partner and, and give them a range of companies that we think might be relevant to them. So it's a different type of conversation. It's a broader conversation. And there might be meetings that we might be able to have exposing a variety of companies uh, that that might be uh, a lead-in before the, uh, the the company comes in with this specific pitch. So I, I very much see that as being complementary. Ultimately, we think it's the job of the company to make the sale, but we would like to believe that we can help their efforts be a lot more efficient. It's a good segue into my next question, which is for each of your firms, what are your investment themes and how has that changed in the past few years? And how do you see that changing post-COVID? Jeremiah? I can I can start with that, but actually okay. let me just segue into that last question, which is one of the key differences uh, that, that we might be able to provide is, you know, if we have these larger, broader conversations, a startup can spend a lot of time spinning wheels with big companies. And we can go into companies and, and with that broader conversation, we can say, you know what, now's not the right time. You, you, but we'll introduce you to the right people when it's right. And, and we think we can save a, a fair amount. I, I know that with, with some of the companies with which we have deep relationships, 
that we've been able to save months and months of spinning motion by being able to hold off and make those introductions at the right time. John, I think that gets the next question, where are we investing? And and so we, we can't do that approach if, in fact, we're trying to invest everywhere. So we, we uh, are investing in the connected world where the confluence of cloud, mobile sensors and intelligence, uh, we think, is going to help uh, enable and transform industry. So we, we believe we're very much focused on this, this view that everything and everyone transmits a signal and that they're looking at sectors where we think that is going to transform the customer experience and the business experience. So we're, we have a, an investment thesis that, that informs all of our investments, and we're investing in, in three specific sectors around that idea. So what we're really looking to do is put together a portfolio of anywhere between, uh, say, 10 and 25 companies within those three different sectors. And I think for Capital G, I know you, you asked sort of what have we been doing the last couple of years and what have, we, what have we been doing during COVID? And I think for us, it's been essentially the same three themes with you know, some stuff around the edges. At a high level, we invest in growth stage companies that are scaling. And that's been our thesis since when we started in 2013 through and, and sort of will be our thesis after COVID happens. But more practically in a level down from that, we've really invested heavily across three things. So the first has been security. We did a number of security deals pre-COVID. We did like Zscaler and CrowdStrike and a bunch of this sort of, I would sort of that generation of, of security companies. And we also have done Expel during COVID. The second theme is more sort of what I call enterprise tech. So we've done sort of automation companies, robotics process automation companies, a number of companies in that space. And we did Webflow um, during COVID. And the final thing is kind of this areas that touch on regulation and that are going to be changed by regulation, but that are what people traditionally, I think, call, think of as a little more value industry. So we did transportation and we did Lyft, we did Airbnb, and we've done insurance, the Next with a company called Next Insurance, and we've done FinTech in a company called Appert. And, and all these are places where there are companies that are at growth stage that are scaling. And, and we feel as though we have both the investment thesis to, to know the, the market pretty well, and also the ability to help these companies grow and scale. That's great. And I see we, we only have four minutes, and I, I would like to just move on and, and talk about your investment process. Any quick thoughts on on how that's changed during your time with the firm and and how you know, what advice would you give to the other corporates on, on the panel on, that are attending about how to streamline and make your process effective? To me, like the key thing that we have done that I think has, has served us well, and we did this very much at the beginning, is we made sure that our approval and, a, and our entire process was guided toward re, for returns and financial returns and not toward sort of strategic opportunities for the larger corporation. And that has allowed us to be much more quick in decision-making and has enabled our group to have a larger say and a greater control over the deals we do and don't do and made our process actually function in the the current market we're in. Uh, And I would say for us, we're a global firm. We have offices uh, and investment activities in China, Europe, and the United States. So one of the things that we have built our organization around is trying to use global pattern recognition. And 
the, the challenge is that the coordination requirements are a lot higher to try to you know, get consensus among our partners uh, across those different geographies. So one of the things that we do is we, we mentioned we're thematic investors. So we, we look at a theme and we, we will actually write a, a six-page memo which will describe our investment thesis in that sector and then among the partners have a license to hunt. So we say, yeah, this is an area you want to invest in and you go out and invest in that area. So we've already done a fair amount of the work up front before we start looking at specific opportunities. Great. And we did have a question from the attendees before we go. Paul, Jeremiah, how do you deal with portfolio companies that may pivot and no longer fit with your vision? Once we invest in a company, we we support that company through all the various business model and other changes that might occur. We have less of that than I think others would have because we're investing at a sort of mid to late stage. And so we sort of only really invest in companies that have a proven business model. But but that obviously changes. And if, if the companies need to make changes, we're here to support the companies. As the same with us. And you know, there, there's the other dimension, which the company may change, but also uh, our corporate partners may change as well. And what we make clear is, and this is why we're set up as a separate organization, much like Capital G is, is that our allegiance uh, and our fiduciary responsibility is really to the company that in which we invest. And so that does not change uh, on the basis of relevance. Great. And that's a good point. Yeah, you both have separate entities, which give you more flexibility to pivot along with the portfolio companies and adjust. So uh, that's another takeaway, I guess, is, you know, another advantage of being in a separate um, entity altogether. Well, great. Um, So we've hit the mark at 12.55. Really appreciate, Paul and Jeremiah, your thoughts um, and getting the insights you've brought to the table here. And and so, so happy to have you part of the conference and look forward to your further participation with GCV. Thank you. Hopefully in person next year. Thank you very much. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.